All right, everyone, how are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Hey, my name is Lisa Mora, and I played on Team Canada's women's foam team, and I also won a gold medal at the World Championships. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, I'm Kenley Croft. Uh, I also <laughs> played on the women's foam team, also got a gold medal, I think. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> You want to check your mantle before we continue? I, I needed to. It's been a few years. It's been a few years, but it's been a solid return to dodgeball. And mm -hmm. you guys pretty much secured it on home soil, and we'll get into that. Um, but let's talk about your journey from the very beginning. And we'll start with you, Kenley. What it was, um, do you remember where you were when you found out that you made the women's team and what your initial reaction was? I actually was walking my dogs at the time, not super exciting. Uh, but yeah, I was really excited to get the phone call. Um, as you may or may not know, we had some new coaching staff this year. So it was exciting to work with Lynn and Spencer and just sort of hear like they were pretty open and honest about their vision of Team Canada from the beginning. So I think their excitement got me excited and motivated and really looking forward to the season. So. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Walking your dogs. Uh, Walking your dogs. dogs. Yeah. Uh, I have a Morky named Pooh and a German Shepherd named Junior. See, I'm jealous of you because I love dogs is almost more than I love dodgeball, <laughs> but that's just my thing. <laughs> Lisa, where were you when you found out um, that you made the team? Uh, I'm kind of boring. Uh, well, I mean, like we were expecting the call because it was a few weeks after I think our July training camp. So at the training camp, we were informed that we would be expecting the call a couple weeks after. So I was kind of ready for it. Um, and I was at home just chilling. And yeah, Spencer called me, offered me a spot, and I was ecstatic to take it. <laughs> you didn't celebrate with like your sisters or family or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I had a few drinks that night, I guess, but in terms of going balls to the wall, no. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you got to prep for training camp. You can't go balls to the wall just yet, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. <laughs> um, so both of you guys got the call in the most inopportune times, but it's a call you were expecting nonetheless. You guys were pretty much a staple in the vision that they have for the future. What was it like going to the training camps uh, from the beginning to the end? Like, was there any overarching theme with the uh, training camps that you guys noticed? Yeah, um, I mean, it's really tough because obviously this year compared to previous years, we had a lot of a like a way tighter timeline in terms of preparation for Worlds. We had three training camps, one in July, one in, sorry, one in June, one in July, and one in August. So, I mean, I personally really liked how the layout was for all three and what Lynn and Spencer kind of rolled with for all three. And that was more so, listen, like we have a really deep roster in this squad, the physical, the skill sets, like that's all there. Everyone has that down packed. It's more so let's focus on the chemistry. Let's focus on the communication, the synergy, and just like trusting each other as a team and as women. And that was kind of the overarching theme. I think I took away from all training camps. Um, and I think it was a perfect way to go about it. I think that's something that we lacked in previous years that we really need to kind of kind of 
like level up in terms of how we wanted to be seen and, and just show up at world. So I would say that was probably the main focus in all of our training camps. And then slowly but surely just like bringing it all together and letting it kind of um, help our physical, I guess, skill sets flourish as well. Would you notice that uh, same thing, Kenley? Yeah, I definitely agree with what Lisa's saying. And, um, oh, I had a thought. Come back to me thought. Uh, yeah, like Spencer and Lynn basically came in with it and were like, you know, we know you're talented. We know this is what you're good at. We don't want to change you, right? Like they took everybody on that team, all 17, and were like, yes, you have a skill set. And can we just make it work with your chemistry? Um, and I think that really was such a big focus and it was very different from previous years and maybe because it was a shorter time frame, it was like, we need to get this done now, but it was nice just feeling that confidence from them, uh, that we know you have it. It's just, let's get it together and make it work. And I think that that's what happened. So, yeah. So and Lisa, Sorry. Also, uh, you know, she showed up to all the training camps ready with her video footage. You can watch them on her Instagram at Mora Fit. Uh, so she always she always brings that like fun aspect where you get to look back and watch it and be like, yeah, you know, like these might not be girls that I hang out with every day or talk to every day. But like we're a team and we're solid and we're together. So that was nice. That was a nice little plug there. I like that. Welcome. I'm not, not going to turn that down. I know she won't. But I was going to say, uh, obviously, this year has been a bit of a adrenaline rush as far as a return to dodgeball. And some people have had difficulty gelling. Would you say, it, it sounds like what, um, what, you, what you're saying is that the urgency in having to gel made it possible. Like you guys responded to the pressure of, hey, we only got three months to get it right. Let's get it right. Yeah, like I think, I mean, I don't think that it was the urgency that really pulled it all together. I think, I mean, we've always lacked something in this shape or form, chemistry wise, communication wise in years previous. Maybe it was because we didn't really put much of a focus in it when we were training um, for previous world championships as much as we did this year. But I think it has a lot to say with the group as well. And like, I don't mean to bash like previous Team Canada groups. Like I think over the years, like they've all the groups that have represented Canada have been phenomenal. But I think this year was like a massive difference in the sense that you had we had such a deep roster you know like I'll be completely brutal brutally honest in past years you would have a core five or six girls that would you know show up they would get the job done they would come in in times of stress they would be the ones to kind of save the day whereas you look at the team Canada women's team that represented worlds this year and it's like every single fucking woman on that roster can go out there and do the damn thing and I think having just that trust in everyone really helped that urgency of cohesiveness and chemistry come together because we we just had so much trust in each other and our abilities and I mean I think there's a lot to also be said with the growth that we had over the last few years when there wasn't dodgeball because I think a lot of growth happened for a lot of women on the team myself included and especially so I think there were just a lot of factors that contributed to how we were able to kind of just roll with what we were given um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the specific group this year that we had going to Worlds. They were they were awesome. That was a nice segue to what I was going to ask Kenley. <laughs> so Kenley, in the past few years, how, how do you feel you've grown 
into what they were looking for uh, looking forward to the future when you were selected? Um, I think it was just a lot of like mental preparation, right? And through COVID, I kind of got the chance to like take a step back and sort of focus on different areas of my life. Being such a like competitive, like high strung sort of human, right? It doesn't it doesn't always come across the way I want it to. So I really wanted my focus this year just to be like, you know, just go like be a good teammate, right? Be there for other people. You don't need to, you know, it's not my responsibility to like carry a team or feel that I should. So I would say, yeah, the biggest challenge in previous years and going into this year is I just really wanted to have a strong mental game and yeah, everybody beats themselves up, but like, I don't need to show that to the rest of everybody else. You know what I mean? I don't. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it just worked and I felt a lot more Zen going into it. That was my word through COVID. I'm just going to be Zen. Uh, <laughs> so I just felt really calm, like through the whole thing. There was really no urgency. Like Lisa said, you could look at anybody on that team and know that they could get a job done. So it was just a nice feeling to share that with everybody you know what i mean For that sure. makes sense. yeah no, it, de- it definitely makes sense and i appreciate you breaking it down that way so let's, let's take it further um you guys land in edmonton who were one of the countries that you were looking forward to to seeing on, on the court uh, i feel like my answer is the same every time someone asks me this like it's honestly so boring but i'm gonna stick with it um usa like that's that's it for me i think um and I mean this in the most respective way possible. All of the female foam teams at that tournament were absolutely phenomenal, every single country. But I think typically looking, especially in years past and the last little bit of dodgeball wave and momentum we've had going on, you have your five core countries on the women's foam team that kind of really hit the top of that list. And that's Canada, USA, Malaysia, Australia, and Hong Kong. And when you look at those five countries, USA and Canada on the women's side typically play the most similar. We are pretty similar in our offense as well as our defense. So playing against them um, is always neck to neck is always high energy we always go back and forth in terms of who takes it like it's just it's such a fun atmosphere and environment and I also love a lot of the ladies on the USA team too so it also makes it better playing against them Um, yeah I just it's always very high strung high competitive and every game is like that but I think out of the five top teams on the women's side like we are most similar to usa so of course they're going to always give us that our like an especial run for our money for sure i mean i wouldn't sit here and say that's a boring answer i mean i, <laughs> you, you, I mean i always say give me the answer the answer that you're you know you feel more honest with and if you feel that's boring that that's your honest take as well <laughs> so uh what about you kenley Uh, I would definitely say Malaysia. I feel like in years past, we see them in round robin and they're kind of like, oh yeah, we're just like hanging out. And, you know, we usually sort of dominate the round robin against them. And then we see them in playoffs and you're like, oh, who is this team? Right? Like they've gone home, they've watched footage and they're just like a whole new team. So it's, I feel like I always anticipate sort of playing them because you just don't know which version of Malaysia you're walking into and I think that that's really cool and I agree with Lisa it is fun to play the U.S. but it's also fun to play teams that we're not used to because right I could go to league and play a a very similar game 
not comparing it to team Canada, but like, you know, you can go to league, you join certain tournaments and everybody has very similar play style. So you know what to expect versus playing with Malaysia. You almost have to play a little bit smarter. They're small. So you have to, you know, really hit your targets and think of how you can set a play up to take somebody out. Like it, it, for me, it's more fun because there's more thought that needs to go in it versus playing the USA who I do enjoy playing, but it's almost like that really high energy. Uh, but you know sort of what to expect from them. See, so. that is boring. Hmm. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's not boring. I you know what? I enjoy it because it's a com- like I think the US is a comfort zone in a sense, right? Like you're so used to being like playing that way that you feel comfortable and it's almost like battle of like you know who's gonna win versus like Malaysia you just don't know it kind of pushes you outside of that comfort zone and like I said previous right like working on my mental game it's nice to sort of be challenged in that way where you don't know what to expect necessarily so I like that I like that answer yeah Mm -hmm. I I love that answer and um I was gonna ask and, and I'll ask Kenley this first so you mentioned Malaysia were there any mental hurdles other than the adjustments that you personally had to make in facing them? And, uh, or, and I, I'm going to be so honest. I have watched zero footage. <laughs> zero. <laughs> like none. I needed to just come home from that and like digest. Like I will. Actually, one time Lisa made me watch all the footage in my backyard. So we had a fire and brought the TV outside um, (laughs) because I refused for so long to watch footage. But anyhow, I haven't watched it. So I don't like it's so hard to even pinpoint a moment or to remember. I don't know. What did I do during that game, Lisa? Anything fun? Malaysia? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> Sorry, Malaysia. We love you. But uh, <laughs> it's not a diss at Malaysia, more so your short term memory. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like the game, the uh, playoff game against them, was it? I think it was semis. Yeah, I don't know. I remember like just the team doing well as a whole and everybody had their own little job to do. And so when you went in, you did your little job and you got out of there. And at the end of the day, we were successful. So sorry, I'll go watch a game. Maybe <laughs> she's going to get back backyard. to <laughs> I think that answer, that answer definitely like it just attests to the, to how the squad, I guess the team Canada squad played at worlds. Like in tip in like years past, I would be able to answer that so fast, so easily with five different scenarios of when my mental game went off the track. But this year, just like, how strong and how confident and how powerful I felt with the women next to me, they made it easier for me to not go off. You know what I mean? Like they made it easier for me to keep my composure. And maybe that has a lot to do with the growth that I've done over the last few years. I'm definitely like hanging on to that. But I think it also had a lot to do with just the group we had. Like we didn't really let each other get to that point where any of us felt like we were mentally incapable or just kind of a little bit down. So I think that's a better answer um yeah. versus you can't find anything because uh, at the top <laughs> of my head at the top of my head I really can't think of a time where I was really frustrated and just like really caught up in in my mental game um and I definitely have my lovely lady teammates to thank for that so so you got so safe to assume you guys were not like oh you guys were tilt proof pretty much you guys didn't let the moment get to you 
at any given point. You didn't let a bad call get to you, a bad bounce get to you, a fumbled catch get to you, a miss. You guys were pretty much even keel the entire way. And if mentally, individually, you felt that that way, you had a strong support system in your teammates, Kenley being one of them, to steer you in course correction. Exactly, yeah. So um, what would uh, – damn, I butchered that question really bad. <laughs> no, I just – I had it in my head, but I went a little ahead. So after day one, how did you, get, how did you feel, Lisa? I mean, I like, I guess one realization I had walking into Worlds, and I've said this a few times, is I didn't really actually realize how deep our roster was until we got to Worlds and started playing. Because, yeah, we had three training camps over the course of the summer to prepare, but you're not really focusing on like skill in that scenario. It's all about just like feeling the vibes and like learning to trust one another so when we actually got to worlds and we were able to kind of see all of what we practice mentally come together with what we have to bring physically like it was just it was honestly like it took me back because I was like holy shit like you don't have that core five that are going to come out when they need to you have 12 ladies who can literally do anything you ask them to and 12 ladies who trust each other to do what you ask them to so i think that was like the biggest like hit for me after day one was just finally seeing all of that come together and then not feeling like i had to do so much like i could go home i could chill i can watch footage with the girls and be ready for day two tomorrow more ready than i've ever been so i think that was more so my big realization is just wow we have a like i knew we had a strong team but just like seeing it you're like holy shit like this is ours to lose like hands down and that's a dangerous realization to come to especially on home soil um mm-hmm. you guys didn't have to travel too far i would imagine you guys had a perfect um familiarity with with the gym and everything that's dangerous when you have home field advantage and you have that kind of chemistry and that kind of depth we're talking 96 bulls we're talking <laughs> the 2013 denver broncos we're talking the boom squad legion of boom we're talking Toronto Raptors 2018. Like, we're talking, like, some serious championship-level shit right here. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you make us feel so important. Dodgeball <laughs> Canada coming in hot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, let, let's just call it what it is. This podcast is heard all over the world, so if people want any kind of context to mm-hmm. how devastating this team was and coming to that realization after day one and you had three days ahead, that's a, that's a danger, that's dangerous company put, to put yourself in, and it's something to... But- to highlight i will say at the same time that is pretty typical for the canadian squad to do in round robin like i think that's another part to it too is like typically we dominate round robin like no matter what and like in years past that's always been consistent but it's the playoffs that like make or break us so i think Although it hit hard that, like, holy shit, this is ours to lose, I also didn't want to ex- put any high expectations to anything because, again, like, this is something that we're typically used to. Like, let's just get over that little hurdle that we don't normally get over first, and then we can fucking, you know, yeah. jump for joy. <laughs> I mean, it didn't help that they did a whole schedule change, like, two or three days before the tournament. Like, we had a pretty... I don't want to say this, but like we had an easier sort of round robin um, 
like draw and you know going into it you're kind of like oh yeah like I feel pretty confident in that and then three days before they changed it and we ended up playing uh Hong Kong U.S. and Malaysia in our round robin pool and I think it sort of put things into perspective and a lot of girls myself included, Lisa included, were excited that it had actually changed because you're like, you know, you sort of get through those hard games and you, you know, figure out how you're going to navigate that as a team, right? Like who cares about round robin playoffs is where it counts. Uh, So we were excited to sort of have some better games, I guess you could say. So like playing, we did Hong Kong and US that first day, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. So those were like two really hard games for us to face. So I think Lisa's right when we sort of got through those and you go home and you're like, wow, like look at our team. Right. And you don't want to get too ahead of yourself, but you feel this confidence in everybody. And it sort of continued throughout the tournament. It continued in our team chats. It continued in our team bonding and, you know, how we sort of warmed up and came together like it was nice to see it was nice to be a part of and yeah I'm just proud of everybody really (laughs) so the steepest hurdles the steepest hurdle you pretty much had was day one and then that's a dangerous realization to come to but at the same time knowing Lisa knowing how hard she trains and knowing how hard you train Kenley you did not want to settle the expectation was there like, yeah, sure, you didn't want to, like, say, oh, look how we did in day one. You know, it's on en route to the finals. The, the job still had to be done. Mm-hmm. You weren't there, to, you know, to take silver on your home soil. You weren't there to take bronze. You were there to be in the finals. The finals is bare minimum. And that's the standard you guys set three months into it. So <laughs> um, I didn't realize that the ch- uh, schedule had changed. And you said it got – it was predictably or projectedly harder, the, mm-hmm. the schedule – yeah yeah i think it was i don't know my brain sucks sometimes but i think we initially had like italy mexico sweden Sweden and great britain i'm pretty sure yeah um, and first draw and then it switched where we had hong kong usa malaysia was our cross pool draw we still had great britain and then new zealand as well Mm -hmm. so yeah any idea why the schedule changed this is the first time hearing about this (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'm, like, I'm, really I'm not. Lost. I'm not sure we ever really found out why. Um, I think it was maybe just an opportunity for more teams to play more like different countries because they did have that pool crossover. Um, I think we played Malaysia and USA played um, Australia, right, for their crossover. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So it just, it, you know what, it challenged, like Lisa said, there are kind of five core top teams. And I think it just sort of challenged those teams a little bit more, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So they pretty much formed the group of death right here. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I see Champions League, I see Olympic Games, like, yeah, that you pretty much were put in the group of death when otherwise there wasn't one. So what would you say, Lisa, um, your day two realization would be? If day one was realizing how how much chemistry and depth was uh, in the squad, what would you say the end of day two uh, presented for you? 
Um, day, so day one was definitely realizing how amazing every single woman on this team is. Um, day two was kind of where I was like, okay, now with the realization that we have a really strong roster, like where can you benefit mentally? Because for me, like not only did it come with excitement, like the realization that we had such a deep roster, but of course, like instinctively, I'm like, okay, well, does this mean I'm not going to get much playing time? Is this, does this mean that like when it counts, like my coaches aren't going to put me in to like help make a difference. And those are scenarios that I want to be included in like hands down. I'm sure every athlete can speak to this. Um, so it was more so like, that's when a few little mental doubts started to come into play where I was like, okay, Lisa, like if you don't play on top of your game, like consistently, like you could be sitting the next game or the next half. And like, just to put things into perspective with the type of player that I believe I am and that I am is that when I play hot, like I, in a way need to keep playing. Like if I, if I'm super hot and they, and my coaches sit me going back in, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more challenging for me to get back up to that level again. Whereas if I'm hot and I'm staying in and I'm consistently playing, like it just keeps getting better and better. So it was dealing with those mental triggers and those doubts where it's like, shit, like I need to, you know, I need to be really good here in order to get more playing time, but then also being self-aware enough to recognize those thoughts and be like, okay, girl, like it's, it's not about you not being good enough. It's about just equally equalizing the playing field here. Like we know every single woman has what it takes to win here. Like use that to your advantage, you know, rest yourself for better or sorry, not better, but more challenging games, you know, like understand that you sitting is not because they're not good enough. It's because we need you later. And I think just that shift is really important because in years past, I typically would let that get to me a little bit too much and then it would impact my game. Um, but I think day two, was definitely more of a mental situation for me where I had to kind of like be self-aware and pinpoint those triggers um, and just kind of remind myself like, no, like you're good. You're good, honey. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid realization. Um, <laughs> it really is. Uh, so um, last week I had spoke with uh, Brett Koenig, who was on the GB cloth squad. And um, unfortunately he was injured for most of the tournament up until the finals. And he kind of pointed something similar, um, where it's like he, he just he just was fighting his way back. He was fighting his way back. Now, albeit that was more of an injury base. You had more like a mental, like, I could lose my spot if I'm not on. But if I'm on, I got to stay on. But if I'm off, you had to come to that realization that I have a team that can do the job that I can. But don't get it twisted. You're confident in yourself to know, <laughs> I want the ball in game seven. Yeah. So there, exactly. there's that little internal battle where it's like ego versus awareness that brought to the surface. So while yeah. Brett went through a more physical and mental aspect, yours was entirely in your head, possibly self-imposed, and you got through it. <laughs> Yeah, literally, exactly. Which I must say, like, I'm definitely proud of myself because Kenley, she knows, like, she's smirking right now. In years past, I would be out the door, like, lighting up a joint, ready to fucking just quit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I that would be me. But, like, going into this year, like, I feel like I've definitely come a long way in that sense. And I will say I do have Kenley to thank a lot for that because she's also going to be the type of player that will tell you to pull your shit together when you need to pull your shit together um and i'm very grateful for that so yeah just had to sneak it in there eh? <laughs> sneak it in there. 
So, are we going to talk about that nickname there, Lisa, or what? No. It's <laughs> forbidden fruit. Fair enough, fair enough. So, Kenley, um, when you notice her going through that mental battle, how, how would you pull someone out? How'd you, how'd you pull her out of it? <laughs> well, first I tell her she's a snake. No, I think, you know, Lisa and I have had a lot of time to spend together. You know, we drive a lot together to training camps or when we were playing, you know, we're both from the East End, so down to the West End. And, you know, we talk a lot about what the things that we're working on and what we want to achieve or what our goals are as like players or, you know, when we face this moment. Oh, I wish I wasn't like that. So I think because we've had a lot of those like honest and real conversations in those moments, right, I can sort of not turn it back on her, but just remind her like, hey, this is like, these are the goals that we set. This is what we talked about, right? And just giving her those reminders that she is a badass. And at the end of the day, you know, like we're we're being coached. This is not just our team. This isn't reckless. This isn't, you know, the Kenley and Lisa team. Like we're on a team of people with coaches that we trust. And, you know, let's remember what we're working for here. So- yeah, I think just having those conversations over time, right? We kind of just know, and I can look and be like, "Hey, like, let's go," and uh, <laughs> and she just knows, right? And it's always a giggle. Sometimes I get a dirty look before a giggle, but it eventually comes. <laughs> it eventually comes around. She also has to sleep in the same bed as me every night. Well, not at home, but like tournaments. <laughs> stuff uh she's my my bed bud so she has no choice she can't like go to bed mad at me so i get to say whatever i want <laughs> i mean oh damn okay shout out hollywood traffic um that was a loud harley that was in the background for anyone at home listening live on the strip um yeah you can't you can't she can't be mad at you if by the end of the night you guys have to share a room together i mean that's yeah. just That'd be awkward roommate situations, which I'm sure we all, all had at one point. So well, before- I mean, when she's dreaming about punching me. Um- <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I have oh. had serious dreams about Lisa. Like, we fight. I don't understand. <laughs> I I dreamt about her. The- she didn't answer my phone call the other day. And then I dreamt that she ripped the tag off my jeans and like made a big hole in my butt. And I was like, you need to apologize. She's like, I am not apologizing. <laughs> and I like woke up the next day. She's like, hey, sorry, I missed your call. And I was like, I have like a whole dream about you. <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> You're like, don't ever rip my jeans again. <laughs> what the hell? And you better say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so I guess if you have a, a, dr- a dream with Lisa, she pisses you off, she better wake up and apologize. Is that how it is? Basically, right? <laughs> she, she owes me a big apology. You want to do it on the air right now, Lisa? You want to apologize for anything you did to her in her dream that she's not going to mention? No, I think I'll save it for our, our little bedtime chats. <laughs> If the chemistry is not evident between these two, <laughs> I don't know what is. So, um, Lisa, we'll, we'll start with you. Before the finals, or even during the finals, were there any highlights that you saw of Kinley that you'd like to point out, whether it was on the sideline or whether it was on the court? Anything that you want to acknowledge her for in in the tournament as a whole? 
Yeah, I mean, aside from all the mental stability she gives me, um, I think <laughs> there. So we have this term called the ensuite, and oh, no. I guess it, it it refers to just like someone or a player who I guess can do literally everything. Like you want them to throw, you want them to catch, you want them to dodge. Like they are successful at everything, and that's been something that like Kenley and I always kind of I mean joke about more so now. Like we're for context neither of us are catchers like we cannot catch balls for the life of us but there are those random like sets or even tournaments or games where one of us will go on there and we'll just catch absolutely everything and we call each other the ensuite when that happens so there was obviously a few moments at worlds where kenley would literally just walk out there i think there was one game i honestly wish i could remember who it, it was against but she caught like three balls in a row and they were like nasty catches like one was like literally a reach catch where she just like was on lying down on the floor just lifted up her hands and caught it like I love those moments when she does that because she's just a fucking beast out there and it just hypes me up on the sidelines so I would definitely definitely say that when she uh, does pulls out an ensuite that's probably a highlight for me <laughs> she, for the people Wait. at home, Kenley is just grinning ear to ear about that phrase. I'm an ensuite. Uh, what about you, Kenley? You Anything about Lisa during the tournament or in the finals that you believe deserves some acknowledgement on your end? I mean, it just doesn't surprise me that she goes out there and dominates. Like, she puts so much work. And like just daily things, right? Like you see her uh, training videos and she's got dodgeball. She's got tennis ball. She's standing on one leg. She's on her head. She catches the ball. Like who even knew that's what we did in dodgeball, but it's true. Um, but she's like constantly putting the effort in. So it doesn't surprise me that she came out of that tournament dominating. Um, so I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? That it just goes to show the effort that she's put in um for years really like this isn't just a new thing for lisa this has been years of putting work so she should be very proud of herself and yeah i don't know i just love to go see her out there sneaking on people you know she's little she shows up and she's like you're out right like there's nothing you can do you're out you came too close to lisa like you're dead goodbye see you later like and i don't know it's just it's so expected and i think like uh, like having played with Lisa for so long you just sort of anticipate the things that she's gonna do you have that same mindset so you know that it's coming you know what I mean like you know if that shot's open she's taking it she's got the green light she's going so I think for her to just show up and be who she was during this tournament is an like you should just be so proud Lisa, because you've put in all the work and like you inspire people Honestly, I can't take her anywhere. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's Lisa, right? How do you get that ass? Where did you get that? Did you buy it? No, you built it. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't take her anywhere. She's famous. So. You're, 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 you're famous out there in Toronto. It doesn't surprise me. You train like an Avenger even before it's time to fight. It wouldn't surprise me if, if you know, secretly there is a... A reporting of Bat uh, Batgirl out there, and you're just out there, just fighting crime in Toronto. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, the body double. <laughs> the body double. No, here's the thing: if you see a news report in the Toronto press or whatever of you know Batgirl fighting crime, you're never going to find Lisa in the background. 
you'll never find them two in the same place. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> like you never see Clark Kent and Superman. You never see that. You never see Peter Parker. You never see Spider Man. You just never see that. Like you just know Lisa's fighting crime. I'm a sneak on you. <laughs> sneaking on you. <laughs> sneaking on you. All right, that's going to be the catchphrase of the episode. She Canada snuck up on be. you. If it's not, I don't know what is. Oh, we'll make it trending. Don't don't get it twisted. 175 countries are going to know what that means. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the realization, the moment you guys realize you won gold. That final whistle is blown. Pack Jim after a four-hour blackout. <laughs> <laughs> that was the previous day. Okay, fair enough. Previous but, day. But yeah, yeah, final whistle is blown. You crowd... You crowd the field. You crowd the court. How does that feel? You finally completed the mission. Those three training camps. Those mental battles that you had to help Lisa out of at times. The realization that the team was built to to win with or without you, but you had a hand in it. We'll start with you, Kenley. How did it feel when you heard that whistle go off and you knew what the result was? I think it was just so surreal. You know, I've this is my third year on Team Canada, and every year you know, that's the goal. Like, that's what you want to do. And I think reaching that goal this year was, like I said, just so surreal. Like, I I don't even know how to really put it into words. I was just so proud of that team. And even during that game, like, it wasn't a very smooth game. I don't think everybody had their best game during that game either, just because of all the interruptions and stuff. But to see some of the girls on the team pull it off the way that they did and like for us to come together as a team like I don't know you just can't help but like be proud like proud of yourself and the time you put in and proud of the team and proud of the coaching staff for their vision and like where it brought us to like I don't know I walked away I told you earlier my word is like zen and I literally left just feeling excited but like so zen and like chill about it and was like in a weird way, there's no doubt in my mind that we deserve to win this year. And I just walked away feeling that, right? What about you, Lisa? I mean, I agree with everything Kenley said, but I think, I don't know, it's tough because like we've had a really like wonky road getting here. Like Kenley's represented Canada for three. I've represented Canada for four and every single year prior to this year we've placed fourth we've lost badly in the bronze medal match and it's just been an absolute shit show where you're walking away from worlds just discouraged just not feeling at your best and yeah like it was surreal this year because it was just completely a whirlwind of a difference like you I don't know like I've been visualizing this for so long like literally since COVID hit which is when I kind of kicked my training into gear like visualization was huge for me so like actually hearing that whistle and winning gold it was like it almost felt like we had already won gold like it I don't mean to say that in like a cocky or confident way but it just felt it felt like home like as cheesy as weird and as weird as that because I had no doubt in my mind that we would be there and I don't mean that in like a cocky way I just mean I was just so confident in like the team we had the coaches we had like myself and my abilities and it's just yeah like it was just wonderful like being uh, awarded for all of that and just feeling you know like finally we we had our shot here and and we fucking destroyed 
I'm going to say this. I mean, I know you're not cocky. I know you're confident. And for, <laughs> anyone, and for anyone who finds any hint of cockiness uh, in that statement, in anything that you guys said, challenge them on the court and do something about it. It's one thing to take it personally, take it to heart, and, you know, whine about it, bitch about it, whatever. But if you found a hint of cockiness in something I didn't hear, you got two years to prove them wrong. You got two mm-hmm. years to punch them in the face. You got two Catch years. Catch you in the 1v1. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want that kind of smoke. I'm trying to give people a chance. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, like, you know, she, Lisa and Kenley doesn't, don't have to preface their statement by saying, you know, not to sound cocky, but the, they're confident. They, they put in the work to, to be in the position they're at. They're confident to have the medals that are around their neck, that are hanging on their mantle. Do something about it. Yeah. I find like, I feel like it's hard to like, as a woman and a competitive athlete, female or whatever, in this type of sport, that's still very much like growing and developing. It's hard to be a confident woman and not let that come across as being um, intimidating or bitchy or cocky. And so that's kind of why I feel like I had to pre preface this because I like specifically with reckless, like, I'm going to be honest, we get in a lot of flack for essentially, I guess, fitting that mold that people assume were like a certain way. So I think I don't like as much as again, like, I don't want to sound cocky. I think it's important to highlight because it's not, it's not necessarily about us just being wanting to destroy every other team out there it's about us being strong-minded highly competitive athletes as we should we're passionate about the game we're passionate about each other we love to play hard but we love each other harder and I think that's kind of where like just even reckless's vision is all about um that and i hope to see that a little bit more throughout i guess the years that come um and with this sport especially on the female side for sure and that's a solid observation that i didn't really think about couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say other than gold what would you say your biggest takeaway is from the event and what are you looking forward to in two years time uh we'll start with you lisa Ooh. Um, yeah, like I've every year or every world championships, I'm just taken back by just the quality and the skill set on the female side. I love to see it because it honestly like it really helps me inspire me on the grind too, is just seeing how everything comes together for every country and how women are just so dominant on the court and strong. And I just love seeing that. So that's probably like my biggest takeaway is that I think this year, you know, typically in past years, you have your core group of countries that always make it to bronze, always make it to the gold medal match. Whereas this year it was a little bit different. You know, you had the Hong Kong women's team like completely dominate. And it was just amazing to see them especially in the finals you know Canada Hong Kong like when have you ever had that matchup so it was really nice to see kind of finally a little bit of a shift in competitiveness and all of that and I think it'll be an even bigger shift when we head to 2024 in Austria so that's what what I would say I'm probably most excited for is just the the talent every single year especially on the female side because that's what helps us grow and that's what helps us keep us consistent to to the growing this sport and to the grind itself so nice what about you Kenley what are you looking for what's your biggest takeaway from the tournament itself and what would you say you're looking forward to in Austria 
Um, I definitely agree with Lisa. It was amazing just to see the turnout of women at Worlds this year and, you know, even like surprises from some teams, right, that you sort of were like, oh, this might be a little bit of an easier game and they showed up and they were there to play. So I think because dodgeball is such a new sport, we could really grow the passion on the women's side of it. And like having the mixed um, division this year, at first I was like, oh, mixed. And I was like, I mean, that might be fun. Like I like to play with guys, but, um, you know, just integrating them together and playing on a bigger court and, you know, playing with guys and against guys and beating them and, you know, two of you want, like, it's amazing, right. To watch that. And I'm like, yeah, women can kick ass in this sport. And I will say reckless plays league together usually, and we kick ass all the time. <laughs> uh, so it, like, it does make me happy to see women dominating in the sport amongst playing with, you know, men. Um, one of my biggest takeaways from worlds was just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just feel kind of like complete, you know, like this was such a long journey from my first time on the team and getting that first phone call and being like, Hey, you're going to be on team Canada. And you're like, yeah, amazing. Like I want to win. Right. And for not winning for so long, like, and then coming to this moment, like I just left and I was like, I just feel so great about it. I feel complete. I feel like I was out on a mission and it was accomplished. And, you know, it makes me excited for Austria because I'm like, you just want to go back and do it again. Right. And continue mm -hmm. to hold on to your title and, you know, see the faces that you met this year and see where they like where that's translated to and who's back and who's having babies and who's doing <laughs> this and right. Like it just it makes you excited looking towards the future of what dodgeball could be. Nice. So um, I was waiting for one of you guys to say this mission uh -oh. accomplished, obviously, but you guys want to run it back, take it in Austria. Um, is that even a question, Sergio? <laughs> I mean, duh. There we right? go. We Do just got flip. that title. We can't give it back yet. Should we, Do the hair flip our, right there. Should we book our uh, post-2024 podcast episode? Oh, <laughs> oh done. Let me put right it there. in my calendar. <laughs> done. I'll have you two on next two years from now. Yeah. For sure. That's oh whatever. Right. They're not gonna tell us a date until like three weeks before, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're not wrong. I mean, I had to try to schedule this as quickly as I could. So if I had to do this, I'm sure you guys had to. So yeah, like it's even a question. Let's just cue the hair flip and then that's where we're gonna end. All right, and that was my women's foam recap uh with Ken Lee and Lisa. Thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your narrative as well as the overall perspective of the tournament itself congratulations on winning gold and i stand by what i say if you have if you felt any type of way do something about it you'll have your chance in austria so wow uh, i think i have yeah i'm gonna have austria and malaysia coming up next i don't know in which order but it will be coming out <laughs> shortly so if you've stayed with me up until this point Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.